Chicago's afternoon news. Um, I have to share this before we get to Congressman um, Raja Krishnamurthy. 847 said, I'm 60 years old and I've been cheering for two quarterbacks for half my life. I'm a grateful Green Bay quarterback fan. (laughs) And they've all been winning seasons or almost all of them. (laughs) I wish we could have that feeling. (laughs) It's just not there yet, but it's coming. I'm Lisa Dent. This is Chicago's Afternoon News. You know Steve Bertrand, Kevin Powell, Mary, we're all here. And on the phone is Representative Rajna Krishnamurthy. How are you today, Congressman? Hey, Lisa, how are you doing? I'm doing well. And, you know, I think you're like the rest of us, where when we see President Zelensky make an appeal and pretty much beg for help. And we see today that a children's hospital has been crushed in a maternity ward and we feel helpless. So we turn to people like you, and I'm sure you've heard from your constituents in the 8th District saying, do something. So what is it you're doing? First of all, we we just have to condemn in the strongest terms is insidious, barbaric attack on a maternity hospital in Mariupol in Ukraine by the Russians. Uh, completely unacceptable. It's a war crime. And um, last weekend, so one week ago, um, I had the privilege of participating in a Zoom call with President Zelensky with other members of Congress. And his point was this, either enforce a no-fly zone or provide me with the fighter planes to fight back Russian air assets. And so I think that we should do the latter at the least or find some other way uh, to uh, take out Russian assets in the sky. So I've uh, along with my Republican and Democratic colleagues, uh, authored a letter to the administration uh, asking them to facilitate uh, the uh, handover of Polish MiG-29s and other air assets uh, at the earliest. So how does, Congressman and Steve, how does that work? Do Ukrainian pilots make their way to Poland and then fly them out of Polish territory? I, mean, I, I don't imagine Poland's going to be flying into Ukraine. No, and that's that's in part where uh, I think our military logistics officers working with the Polish uh, and Ukrainian uh, personnel need to figure out how to get those jets in there without necessarily Polish uh, pilots uh, flying out of Poland or maybe even not even Ukrainian pilots, but transporting the jets some other way. But in any case, we cannot allow Vladimir Putin to decide um, what uh, is going to be furnished to the Ukrainians to help them defend themselves? Do, do the Ukrainians have airstrips to land these jets on? I mean, I, as my understanding, a number of the airports had come under attack. Do they have useful air facilities? Yes, they do. And, and in fact, there are regions of the country that have not been attacked by the Russians, in part because they do have uh, the ability to uh, defend themselves in the air. And uh, the Russians are so tied down in other parts of the country that they, they haven't been able to um, uh, compromise those airstrips yet. It's um, it's a start, right? Where do we go from there? I mean, is that going to take care of the problem or what is the next step? Because it seems like we're behind the eight ball and he's a madman and it doesn't look like he's going to stop. No, it's not enough. We need to do more and more and more. Uh, This is what we need to do at the start. We need to continue to rush armaments into Ukraine uh, through various corridors that exist with NATO countries to the west. 
Secondly, we've got to up the sanctions more and more and tighten the economic news. What the Biden administration has done so far, in my opinion, has been uh, effective. It's inflicted massive pain, but there are holes. And I think that we need to plug those holes and work with other countries to do the same. If we do that, uh, then we give the Ukrainians a fighting chance, both on the battlefield and elsewhere. You know, it's heartbreaking to hear President Zelensky talk about how he needs or wants a, a, a no-fly zone enforced by NATO or the U.S. And, uh, you know, it's certainly an impassioned plea. But just explain for us why uh, I, I'm assuming you think that is not a good idea. And if so, why it is. I mean, I don't know if people realize that if we do that, we could soon be at war with Russia. Oh, absolutely. Uh, without a doubt. Uh, and I think that that would be uh, seriously escalatory to a situation that might spiral out of control. And so that's why we have to help Ukrainians defend themselves, do everything in our power for them to basically keep protect the skies. And there are other options, including furnishing surface-to-air missile systems, which is under consideration right now, um, and, and doing whatever it takes to help them uh, human- in humanitarian ways. One of the most um, striking aspects of this is 2 million, more than 2 million Ukrainian refugees have fled to neighboring countries, and uh, they have uh, great humanitarian needs as well. So we've got to address all of these things simultaneously. Congressman, I know you're, I I don't think you voted yet on the omnibus bill, and there's word today that the uh, $15 billion coronavirus relief package has been pulled out of it in order to get it through and uh, get some Ukrainian aid. I know that's part of it. But uh, why is it that the speaker wasn't able to save this $15 billion in coronavirus relief? Or are, are you happy that it's out of there? No, I'm very disappointed. And I'm actually working right now as we speak. My staff is feverishly working to uh, establish a separate vehicle or separate bill containing uh, a bunch of that relief Uh, without going into all the details essentially the way that it was paid for was objected to by a number of members of the house and um you know basically the the leadership then had to pull that aspect of of the of the bill the covid relief portion Um, i think it's essential i think we're not out of the woods with the pandemic and also we've got to help with the global vaccination effort because if we don't a new variant could pop up and make its way over here and, and wreak havoc again. So I'm, I'm working hard on that, literally, as we speak. This is Representative Rajna Krishnamurthy um, talking about what we're doing to help Ukraine and other things. And so Putin has said that if we do not respect that no-fly zone, that he is going to unleash on all members, obviously, the U.S., of NATO. So are we prepared to... Or do we have the defenses to fight off a cyber war if he unleashes in that way? Um, so I, I was actually in classified briefings yesterday with uh, two people uh, who are in part charged with leading this effort of defending the homeland and potentially engaging in offensive cyber uh, capabilities. Th- those were uh, 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 General Nakasone of the Cyber Command and uh, Chris Ray. Um, at F- FBI, uh, the director of the FBI. And um, I think the, the short answer to your question is um, we've got to have a lot more public-private partnership, Lisa. 
Um, a lot of um, uh, private partners, so in other words, industry, companies, even small businesses and others, um, don't necessarily have the strongest cyber defenses. And when they're attacked, they don't share that information with the government for fear of the negative publicity that might um, happen if, if word got out. But the fact of the matter is that we, we all need to be talking to each other to cooperate in our, in our national cyber defense. Finally, as individuals, we can also do things to um, prevent cyber attacks. The simple, I learned the, the most interesting thing, which is, and probably a lot of your listeners already know this, but just powering down your cell phone at night before you go to bed and then fully powering it up uh, when, you, when you wake up uh, does a lot to disrupt a lot of these cyber attacks. And just those types of simple things, along with multi-factor uh, authentication and so forth, really um, stymies the bad guys, including the criminal cyber gangs at Putin's disposal in Russia. I, I had no idea of that, Congressman. If I turn my phone off, I'm protecting myself and others against the yeah. cyber attack? Yeah. yeah. Well, see, uh, that's, like, um, that's what we need to know, because when you tell Americans that they have something they could do, it empowers them. And, of course, everybody's on board, but that's the first I've heard of it as well. It's, it's the simplest thing. Uh, I know that uh, a lot of people that just keep it on in case of uh, you, know, you know, getting an emergency call from your son or daughter at college or whatever. But, but the point is that, um, you know, these simple, uh, I guess, uh, examples of cyber hygiene, so to speak, uh, can really help uh, all of us out if you do that. Well, thank you for joining us on Chicago's Afternoon News. We've got to toss it to Steve for the news representative, Rajna Krishnamurthy. We hope that you'll continue to share this kind of information and everything else that you're doing. We appreciate it. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much.